Thank you for taking the time to view this message online. You can connect with us more through our comments section of this video, through our Facebook page, or through our website, nhgj.org. This Friday will be January 1st, 2021. And when we wake up on that day and the calendar turns, I know that many are going to be celebrating that we have survived 2020. In some ways, it feels like we've survived the year kind of like Tom Hanks survived in the movie Castaway. <laughs> Felt like we were stranded on a deserted island of 2020, just trying somehow, some way to make it back to civilization. We gave in to primal behaviors, pounded things with rocks, uh, hibernated into our favorite TV series or books throughout the year, and had phones or tablets attached to our fingers to where we could only express basic communications with emojis. We reduced our connections with other people to a thumbs up, a heart, or an angry red face. Uh, this expression lost nuance. It, it lost kind of that heartfelt understanding and listening to people as we pulled into our circles oftentimes, many people did, and found people who have like-mindedness and we lost connection with people who are maybe thought or felt differently than we did. In this message, I'm going to invite us to one more gift that God has for us before we wrap up 2021. There's at the end of every year after Christmas and until the new year, this little pocket of time where I believe God gives us a gift. It's an opportunity if we'll take advantage of it. And it's an opportunity of reflection. It's an opportunity to not just wipe away the year and hope for something better in the new year, but it's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. What we're going to do is we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I'm going to highlight an area where we can pause for a moment of reflection. And instead of me just speaking for 30 minutes straight and then each of us going our own ways, it's an opportunity to maybe even pause this video as you're watching. And you can take time to listen as the Holy Spirit leads you causes you, allows you to think about your own life, your own actions, your own thoughts, and then lead you in a path closer to being more like Christ in each of those areas. We'll be doing this in three stages. The step one is an invitation to praise, an invitation to think about God's goodness to us, recognizing that God knows you. He knows you and he thinks about you. He knows you in ways that nobody else, including yourself, knows you. And so we're going to praise him for that. We're going to praise him for his awareness of us and being willing to lead us in a greater understanding of who we are and who he's shaping us to become. Step two is with the Holy Spirit guiding you, we're going to take some time to identify attachments that were revealed in 2020. This idea of attachments is recognizing that at any given point in our life, we have the opportunity to attach stronger to God and make room for him, or we have the opportunity or the tendency to attach to other things that don't make room for God in our lives. And so we'll take a moment to pause and ask the Holy Spirit to search us, to know us, and reveal those areas where maybe 
we revealed over this period of this year are attachments that now, now that we can see it, we have an opportunity to detach in a healthy way and connect more deeply with God. And then that third step is simply just confessing and embracing uh, this desire to attach more strongly to God himself. And so this is really what we want to take some time to do on this in-between time before the new year comes and this opportunity to reflect back on the year 2020 and allow God to make it a gift to us. Now, this word that I used, detachment, uh, we're looking at this in a positive light, that detaching is a good thing. Typically, the idea of detachment is associated with negative feelings or ideas. Uh, someone who is detached is, is somebody who lacks the ability to connect with other people relationally, or they don't have healthy emotions. They're detached from good relationship. And so this is not the type of detachment that we're talking about in this message. Uh, that type of a detachment we want to avoid. We want to have healthy attachments to people, to emotions. But instead, we're looking at a detachment that God called the people of Israel to as they left Egypt. They were to detach from the idols and the ways of living that they had grown accustomed to for 400 years before they went into the desert. That desert period, that Mount Sinai and then transition to the desert was part of that detachment process where they could become a new uh, people who are called by God. Uh, Jesus talked about this detachment when he encountered people at different stages of his ministry, and he found that they were too heavily attached to things in their life, and they were unwilling to follow him. In fact, that was the, the basic approach he took with people, was he would invite them to come and follow him, but in that following him, it definitely involved a detachment. He would say, leave this and come follow me. Well, whether you're investigating or thinking about the things of God and not really a, a follower, a disciple of Jesus, or if you're somebody who's followed Jesus from a long time, for a long period of time, there's likely attachments that you've built up over your life. And there's attachments that you've grown accustomed to, uh, ways of coping with life. And it's important that we pause in this moment. Again, before we press into 2021 with these same unhealthy attachments, that we pause and we say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to help us detach from these things, these dependencies, these idols even in our life so that we can move forward in a, in a more connected way to God himself. So let me present this idea from a, a quote from Meister Eckhart, a German theologian. He describes it this way. He says, to be empty of all things is to be full of God. And to be full of created things is to be empty of God. And let me say that once more. It says, to be empty of all things is to be full of God. To be full of created things is to be empty of God. And so it carries with it this idea that within the Christian faith, there's a healthy detachment that does not involve avoiding or, uh, or a lack of caring for others. It's, it's a detachment that is not being 
you know, deals with antisocial or distant from others emotionally. Instead, this is a way of living life that allows us to be emptied of all these other attachments in life, of things, attachments to things or people in ways that keep us from truly experiencing God in all of his fullness. And so in this detachment process, we make room, we, we open up space for God to come to us and fill us and, and speak to us and work in our lives in ways that otherwise would be inhibited by all of these attachments. So we make room for God to fill us and work in ways that he wants to, as opposed to us coping or working through life just by using these different attachments that we might have. So in a very real sense, it's putting into practice this idea of relinquishing my will, my self-will, and then allows me to make room for God's will in my life. Really, that's at the heart of the Lord's Prayer, that we refer to it as the Lord's Prayer. It's Jesus teaching us to pray. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven above. Well, if we're so full of our own attachments and our own plans and our own makings of a life, uh, there's, there's no room for God's will. God's will is crowded out by the agendas and, and the loves that we have. And that's the very reason that Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him or her deny himself or herself, take up their cross and follow me. It's, again, this idea that we have to be emptied of ourselves. We have to be emptied of these loves so that we can truly pursue Christ. I, you know, in my own life, I've experienced where I'll say, well, I'm sure glad I learned that lesson. <laughs> you know, here I am walking with the Lord since 1986, 85, uh, actually, and and so I have this tendency to think, wow, I've come so far and my life has changed so much. I'm so glad I don't struggle with that area of my life anymore. And all of a sudden, all that it takes is a pressure point. It takes a moment in my life that it's revealed to me that I still need to relinquish an area. I think I've given God full control, but all that it takes is a little bit of pressure in my life, a trial that I go through, and I realize I still need to learn that lesson. And so I realize in pressure moments that I'm not quite as refined as I thought I was. And so this idea that we begin with is who knows us best but God himself. I'm, I'm very likely to fool myself and believe that I've worked something out of my life or I've grown to a point when in reality, all it takes is that little bit of pressure to reveal in truth what is happening inside of me and how I'm going to respond to it. And so in this first moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to lead us in this time and help us to detach from those things that are crowding out space and uh, reveal to us where God wants to inhabit our lives more fully. But in the process, we need to detach from these other loves, these other things to make room for him. So join with me in prayer and uh, we'll look at the scriptures a little bit more. We're going to uh, be looking ahead to Psalm 139 and looking at how it is that God knows us better than we even know ourselves. We do thank you for this time, Holy Spirit, as you lead and guide. God, we thank you for the truth that you know us so well. 
You know us so well, and yet you remain with us. We might be inclined to think that because you know us, you would avoid us or you would have no use for us or desire for relationship. And yet, you know us better than anybody else, that you see us truly as we are. Not just in this moment, but you've known us all of our life before we took our first breath. And you know us now and, and you still love us. You still love us so much that you remain and stay with us and you make the invitation for us to know you even more fully. And so I pray that during this time, that as we seek you, Holy Spirit, you would reveal yourself to us. And in that process, you would reveal more about who we are and, and where we've crowded out uh, our lives in such a way that we haven't made enough room for God to fill every part of us. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do your work, to search us, to know us, to reveal us, reveal to us more about ourselves so that we can know you more fully. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I expressed a little bit earlier, the, the, the only reason we can truly know and consistently change is because God knows us and he wants to remain with us. He is committed to transforming us even more fully than we're committed. You may think that you are a person who values personal growth, that you value uh, uh, formation and, and discipleship, that you value uh, being changed into more like the person of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm not questioning whether that's true. What I'm saying is God is even more committed to it in you than you are committed to it in yourself. And so that's a great moment. That's a great thing to praise and to give thanks to God for. And the Holy Spirit is able to reveal to you more about yourself. As you come to the end of the year 2020, uh, you have a unique opportunity to lean into God's knowledge about you. God can show you something about yourself that you would not have known prior to this year. And so this is not a generic knowledge that God has about you. This is not just something like, oh, I know that person exists. No, this is a personal and deeply a deep awareness that God has about you, who you are, where you've been, uh, who you're becoming, and who he's calling you to be. God knows all of these things about you. And so this is a point of praise. This is a point for you to, to rejoice about, that he embraces you, he celebrates your life. And so I'm going to read from Psalm 139. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And I invite you, where you're at, to just quietly just find a, a place of, of just stillness, and listen to the Word of God as I read it from Psalm 139. And then I'm going to invite each of us to take a moment to praise God in light of Psalm 139, of his knowledge about you and how he thinks about you. So take this moment and just listen. O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. 
You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your worksmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. O God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now I want to invite you to take a moment and give thanks to God for knowing you so personally. Give thanks to him who has insight about who you are in the influences that have shaped you. Even before you took your first breath of air, God knew you and was putting you together. Praise him that he loves you and he has so many loving thoughts about you that there's no way for you to even count them. They're like grains of sand. He has so many thoughts where he just thinks so fondly of you and compassionately towards you that you cannot even count those thoughts. Praise him for caring so deeply about you that he knows you personally. So I encourage you at this moment, pause the video and in your own words, take a couple minutes to give him thanks for his knowledge of you. And then when you're ready again, press play and we'll continue on from there. Now, for so many people to suggest that God knows you and sees you, they would really only be used as a threat to keep you in line, <laughs> to keep you from doing the wrong thing. But that's really the wonderful truth about Psalm 139, where God sees us and he knows us, and it's an expression of his deep care and loving kindness towards us, to let us know that we're not invisible to him, that he's intimately, closely involved with us. There's really no other religion 
in the world that speaks of God in these terms. He's, he's powerful. He's, there, there's nothing that limits him. And yet he's so intimately concerned about us that he knows you so intimately, so personally. Well, knowing that God sees us even more clearly than we see ourselves, it should invoke a willingness to ask him what he sees. It, it's kind of like when you know somebody real personally and you're sitting at dinner with them and if you're really close to them and they have a piece of lettuce stuck in a tooth and, and uh, it's, it's standing out and you, you, you see it, usually if it's somebody you know personally, you'll say, um, there's a little, it, you got something, right? You'll point it out to them. If you don't know them, if you just met them, you're more inclined to really kind of avoid it and just not make eye contact or hope that somebody else who knows them better will mention it to them so they can work that out of their tooth. You know, this is what I think of when it comes to God. He knows us so personally. He should be the one that we allow to speak about our lives more than a family member, a spouse, a close friend, even more than ourselves to pick out things about ourselves that should be fixed. I will deceive myself. I'll be overly critical of myself when God would say, hey, you're doing okay. I'm proud of you. But I'll give myself a pass when God would say, I really want to work on that area. You need to step it up and follow me and pursue me more deeply in that area of your life. And so this is the one, God, he is the one that we should invite because he knows us so personally and he cares so deeply about us that we should be willing to say, Lord, what is it that you see in my life? God, tell me what I need to do, who I need to become, what needs to change in my life so that I can become more fully alive and who I'm created to be. And so God is willing to do this. The question is, are we willing to invite him to do so? And I really want us in this time that's remaining to, to do this, that we want to invite the Holy Spirit. And that's how he does it. Uh, scripture tells us that God has sent his Holy Spirit to lead us in the truth of the word. And he holds the word of God up. He holds the image of Jesus up before us. And it's like a mirror. And so we see ourselves, but we see it in light of what Jesus looks like. We see it in light of what scripture says. And the Holy Spirit is so faithful to do this, an accurate representation of the word and of Jesus himself and show us ourself in comparison to those things. Sometimes as an encouragement, sometimes as a correction and as a way to help us to become more fully alive in Christ. And so as I go throughout my day, if I'm paying attention to the Holy Spirit's prompting, he is affirming me and cheering me on and he's guiding me in ways that I should go. And he's also bringing correction to me where I am choosing my way over God's way. And so the Holy Spirit is actively doing this every minute of every day. And it's our response then to listen to him. So you and I can do this on a daily basis and we should. I, I, I should uh, respond and listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings on a daily basis. But it's also helpful in moments like this as we come to the end of a calendar year to invite the Holy Spirit to say, now, let's look back over this year and Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me those things where I need to detach from areas where I've had unhealthy attachments to things or people? And will you help me attach to God more deeply 
in areas where I've had unhealthy dependencies on other things or other people. So he's going to bring to the surface as we invite him to speak to us those things that over the past 12 months uh, that we need to think more deeply about. Now, many people would say, here's, here's the thing that I hear uh, somewhat often as a pastor. Uh, people will point to the circumstances and they will say, well, now's not a good time because it's unusual. Uh, in fact, for 2020, many people would say, well, in a normal year, that would make sense. But this year has been unusually difficult. So I don't think it's a great representation of who I am. I don't think I should look at 2020 because the circumstances were so unusual that I don't really want to look at that and get a glimpse of who I am because I don't think that's an accurate picture. You know, in in contrast to that, brace yourself, <laughs> I would suggest that 2020 has been a master class of revealing to you and to I and every person in this world of who they truly are. We, we would say that, well, that's not a great representation. I would say it is a perfect representation of who we really are. You know, a, when things are going well for us, that's not the time to reveal what's really inside of us. Because most of the time, I can hold it together. I can present myself in ways because the pressure isn't so great. And so what you get to see is my life skills at work and how well I can hold things together. But what's deep inside of me, what's really happening inside, that doesn't really show up until the pressure comes down on me. And then everybody around me gets to see a glimpse of what's really happening inside of my life and inside of my mind, inside of my heart. All of those things really happen. So this year, 2020, has likely revealed who you are more than at any other time in your life because it's revealed your attachments and also what you're willing to let go of. So from an encouraging perspective, when you take a moment to reflect and invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to you more about yourself, you might see some very positive things over the course of 2020. You may realize this was true of you. You may say, I really had to work hard at finding encouragement and maintaining my joy, but I put in the work. I fought discouragement. I fought depression. I fought those things that would really caused me to only see the negative, and I found encouragement, and I maintained my joy in Christ. You may realize that you can say, my relationships, they were actually sustained because I worked hard at keeping connected. I called people, I, I emailed, I, you know, I, I stayed in touch with people because I knew that was important that I maintained relationships. And so I'm, I'm really thankful. 2020 revealed that I had that value and I, I have a, a healthy approach to these relationships. Some of you may say, you know what I discovered in the midst of this pressure? I discovered that I was more generous this year than I've been any other year. I was giving more out of my life than I've ever uh, been given. And God entrusted me with some blessings and I was just graciously gave it out and I trusted God more fully to care for me. One more, uh, my days were filled with a deep sense of peace and joy, even in hardship, even in the midst of social turmoil and worldwide pandemic and all the issues that were going on and the debates about mask or no mask. 
it's amazing. I found myself just kept in peace and I found myself just keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just so grateful that God revealed that to me. So you may discover that in your, any number of those things or other positive ways in which the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you've grown, you've taken steps forward with him. And 2020 was used as a pressure cooker and it opened up your eyes to see things where you're just encouraged about what's happened in your life. Now on the other side, when you pause and reflect, you may discover some areas of your life where the Holy Spirit reveals some attachments to things and people that did not serve you well. That in the time, throughout this past year, throughout 2020, you may realize, you may say, well, you know what happened is I isolated myself and I didn't even try to connect. I didn't even, I didn't even try to find encouragement. I just gave into loneliness. I gave into sadness and I found myself spiraling over and over. And it was just a, a really desperate time for me because I isolated myself and I didn't, I didn't work at those things that I knew that I should have worked at. You may find revealed in your attachments that there were many times that you allowed emotions like anger and fear and anxiety. They took over and they directed your words and your actions. Maybe you found yourself throughout this past year where all these things, as you pause and you reflect, the Holy Spirit, yes, he brings those encouraging things, but he also points out, boy, anger sure was present throughout this year. You found yourself cutting people off verbally or, or physically just separating from folks because of your emotional unhealth and your inability to control those emotions of fear and anxiety, anger. Um, and so it really reflected in your actions. You found it difficult to connect with people. Or maybe you would say that I, I felt a battle to keep God in focus with all that was happening in the world around me. All of these things, they overshadowed God. Instead of inviting God into the world and, and helping me to think about the world with him involved with it, instead I, I, you know, I, I, I got uh, pulled away and I could only focus on the riots. I could only focus on dissension and divisiveness. I didn't see how God could work in any of that. I only got focused in the politics and, and the issues, and I never invited God to really calmly and peacefully, peacefully walk me through that. He wasn't part of that. It was as though God was over here, and these issues just kept hitting at me and hitting at me, and it caused me to feel unease and a lack of peace and, and anger or frustration. In this next moment of reflection, remember, keep in mind that this is safe because God knows you. The Holy Spirit knows you and he can reveal to you things about yourself that you don't know about yourself. He can encourage you in, in ways that you might beat yourself up. He's going to encourage you and just say, you know, you're doing well. And I'm proud of you, daughter. I'm proud of you, son, of your way that you're staying with me through all of these difficulties. He may also show you points of correction as you just pause and take a moment to reflect and you invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He may raise up an area where he says, you know, you, you kind of went your own way. You had your plans and you weren't willing to step into to my plans. When you abide in him, when you remain in him, he's going to show you through the word and, and through a reflection, a picture of who Jesus is, where you're at. And so it's in, important to allow the Holy Spirit 
to speak to us, where we have attachments to things, to ideas, to, to other people, unhealthy attachments that derail us and don't make room for God. Well, how do you know if you've had something that you need to detach from? Well, as we take a moment to pause, as you look back, you're going to see where you redirected your anger into disappointments into people. You're going to see where you fought against people because people didn't do what you wanted. They didn't respond how you wanted. They didn't say or act in the way that you wanted. The disruption to your plans, the things you wanted to do for this year, they weren't able to happen the way you wanted. And instead of inviting God into that moment and just saying, God, what are you doing here? It caused you to bristle and, and get angry with people because they were working against your plans and what you had laid out. Instead of leaning into God, you cut people off. And maybe at times you even walked away from God and gave yourself permission to do things you typically wouldn't do to indulge in behaviors, overeating, over-obsessing, over-watching, uh, over-consuming you know, of things, either entertainment or an addiction that you have. You gave yourself permission because you thought, well, this is how I'm going to make it through this year. And so instead of surrendering to God in the moment, you fought for life on your terms. So in this moment, we're going to pause again. I'm going to ask you, take a moment, maybe two to five minutes, maybe even more, and just begin with going back, rehearsing through this year with the Holy Spirit, not just on your own, goodness no. Invite the Holy Spirit to walk through this past year with you. Just start from January and work your way forward. What unfolded over the months? Think about, you know, as you went into springtime, reflecting over Memorial Day weekend, reflecting as you moved into summer here in the Grand Valley, how uh, in, and in the county things began to open up and began to have meetings at church. And maybe some of you went back to work at different times. But just walk yourself through the year and just asking yourself as things unfolded, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, speak words of encouragement, well done. <laughs> Faithful daughter, faithful son, you did well through that hardship and through that difficulty. You stayed with me. Or maybe hearing the Holy Spirit just give that nudging of correction, saying, you know, you, you kind of went your own way. You chose anger or frustration. You started pulling away from people. You, you displaced your disappointment with your plans not working out, and you struck out at, at family members or friends and you distance yourself because you wanted life to work on your terms. So again, I just encourage you, pause the video, and in your own words, take a couple of minutes to invite the Holy Spirit to show you when you remained in Him, and also when you fought for your will instead of surrendering to His. And then when you're ready again, press play, and we'll finish with one final word. So take this moment, reflect, and invite the Holy Spirit to see where you had unhealthy attachments, unhealthy responses, and where you need to begin to detach, and areas where you did good, and where you abided in Him throughout this past year. Well, in these closing moments, I know that sometimes reflection can be a difficult thing. We see things on one hand that are encouraging,
and you maybe heard some things from the Lord where he just affirmed his love and how he knows you and how he's working in your life. That's the one thing that I want to make sure that I emphasize over and over. God has not and will not give up on you. He is determined to continue to work in your life and he sees you through the grace of Jesus Christ. He sees you through the work that he has accomplished. And so he never takes our low points, areas where we've stepped away and we've tried to accomplish our will, where we've worked against him. He never takes those moments just to beat us up with that. But he always points us back to the cross of Jesus Christ. And he says, whatever failings you've had, wherever you've come up short, and we all have, he says, in those moments, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And it's an invitation for you and I to lean more deeply into him. So quite possibly during that time of reflection, you've identified uh, areas where you just feel encouraged, where you just say, you know, I, unlike any other time in my life, when the pressure came of 2020 and when there was divisiveness and there was anger and people bristling against one another, I just felt this hope that I continually had and I just encouraged people with it. And yeah, I had some maybe frustrations or disappointments, but I didn't let those lead me for a long time. I continued to press back into Christ and find that abiding peace in him. And the Lord would just, it just had some encouraging words for you. I imagine that like myself going through this exercise, that the Lord had some points in your life where he pointed back to 2020 and he said, you know, um, we, we really kind of disconnected there. You went one way, you went left, I went right. I went straight and you held back and you just got stuck in that moment. And you just seemed to not be able to move forward past that. And I, I want to encourage you, don't, don't brush that off quickly. Don't brush off the encouragement, but also don't move too quick away from that point of correction. But that's one of those points where you just say, Lord, that actually revealed something that's in me. It wasn't an abnormal thing. It wasn't just 2020 pushed me too far. No, it actually revealed something that's in my heart that I don't want there. It revealed an unhealthy attachment to entertainment that I get preoccupied and I allow myself to just get lost in the moment and just lose my mind literally in, a, in movies or in books. And I just don't pay attention to people or ways that I could have been involved in people's lives. Maybe the Holy Spirit revealed to you that that issue of anger where you've grown, yes, but there's still work to be done. There's still places where he's revealing to you your unhealthy attachment to things of this world. Maybe it revealed an unhealthy attachment to political issues in the United States, to a party or a person, uh, an unhealthy attachment to a, a social doctrine that you're just you were so convinced that it was going to happen this way and and when it didn't happen that way your disappointment your anger and, and God's just in a way he's just peeling that away from you and it's painful it's it's a it's an attachment that God says I don't allow for idols in in your life that I alone God the one holy true God have that first place in your life. And this area of your life has become an idol. It's too important to you. 
it sways you one way or the other. It can push you or pull you one way, and I don't get first place. As soon as it pushes or pulls, you go with it. And maybe the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. Quite possibly, a, a sense of fear rose up over the course of this year. And I'm not just talking about the fear about the COVID virus. Yes, that exists. But some of you exhibited a fear that you're going to lose control, that somehow you, you were not going to have control of your life the way that you wanted to have control of it. Something closed and you just pounded your fist in frustration because you lost control, a fear that life was going to be taken away from you as you knew it. And God's just asking for a surrender, an unhealthy sense of attachment that you've had to your own self-control and ability to make life work on your terms. And unlike any other year you've experienced, God was just inviting you to say, hold it all loosely. Everything about your life you need to hold loosely, except for God himself. Hold tightly, hold fast to him. But your beliefs, your convictions about your life and how it should work, your beliefs and convictions about how the country should be run, your beliefs and your convictions about what is true and what isn't true, hold fast to God's word, hold fast to God. And those things are true. Hold tight to Jesus. And those are the absolute truth. And all else, hold it loosely. The people you love, yes, <laughs> hold them even loosely, knowing that God loves them. I don't mean be dismissive of them, but hold loosely to other things, but hold fast to God. Make room. Make room for God to fill those detachments as you allow him to speak into your life over this past year and lead you more closely to himself. In a way that, no, not to make you less caring, but to give you greater capacity to see things the way God sees them, to love the way that God loves, to, to find acceptance in a God that knows you better than you even know yourself. And so I want to close this in prayer and then just invite you to continue over the next few days. Give yourself time to reflect. Think about this past year and say, Holy Spirit, continue to speak to me. Affirm those ways in which I've continued in discipleship. Bring correction to those areas where I still need to detach from the things of this world, take up my cross daily, and follow Jesus. And I want to be there with you. I want to continue myself in that same pursuit. And so let's together invite him to accomplish that work. Lord, we thank you that in this moment, as we've reflected on you knowing us, reading from the psalmist and how he just celebrated how closely you are to each one of us, how you put us together and how you think about us over and over again, your, your thoughts of kindness and compassion to us. So deeply you know us even better than we know ourselves. And so in this moment of trusting you to reveal to us more about ourselves, Holy Spirit, you've shown us I'm confident you've shown us and you'll continue to show us ways in which we're advancing forward, which we're discipling in the path of Jesus. And we thank you for that encouragement, ways where you would just say, well done, son, well done, daughter of mine. You stayed with me even when others walked away, even when others chose their path. 
you stayed with me and you didn't allow yourself to be distracted from this, the left or to the right, but you stayed with me on the path of life. And then other ways, Holy Spirit, where you revealed to us where we chose our way, where we got derailed, where our attachments and our loves crowded you out. And we were so convinced that we knew the way, we knew the truth, we knew the right answers, and it had to be our way. Otherwise, we weren't going to be happy. And you even stripped that away from us. And you've brought us to a place an open hand, to be an open-handed people, to be Christians who are not identified with an ideology, not identified with our own pursuits, but Christians who daily take up our cross and follow you, that we ourselves are crucified to our flesh, to our appetites, to our other loves, to our idols, and that we would just make room for you. We thank you, Lord. To you be all praise. We thank you for 2021. We thank you for 2020. What it has revealed in us, and the opportunities it gives for us as we move towards a new year to become who you've called us to be in Jesus Christ. To you be all glory in 2020 and in the year to come. In Jesus' name, amen. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.